Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Remember how last week you were like, (laughs) I love fall. Yeah, I do. Well, guess what? It's fucking snowing outside. You see that snow on the ground? Yeah. This is clearly your fault, Barry. I deserve it. It's only okay because I did just buy a book about hygge, aka the Danish term for making shit cozy as fuck, okay? You know what else is cozy? What? This episode. How is an episode cozy? <laughs> I don't know. I just needed a transition. Okay. Okay. Whatever. We're going to start this episode off, as always, with Worst Things First, the worst news of the week. After that, we are diving deep into the villains of Thanksgiving. No, not the cranberry sauce. We already covered that. Not your family. We already covered that, too. We're talking about pilgrims, the original sinners of America. And finally, we got the very talented actress Kamiko Glenn in the studio for an interview and a game. You know her from Orange is the New Black, Liza on Demand, and The Guest Book on TBS. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's buckle those damn pilgrim shoes and start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, police in Maine say they helped corral a quote-unquote unruly pig on the run along Interstate 95. No word yet on exactly why the police were unable to recognize their co-worker. (laughs) Because the cops are pigs. I definitely thought you were just going to make a Barry's mom joke again. (laughs) Thought you were just gonna destroy my family once more, but thank you. Um, nope, for just a little us. anti-police sentiment for you <laughs> on this Thanksgiving. Anyway, I feel like every episode we have a story about an animal on the run that gets caught. It's one of our biggest beats. Yeah, it's probably all. Remember, was that goat? That goat that was Fred. Yeah, he's my stallion. <laughs> the Harriet Tubman of goats, and now he's <laughs> he's going cross species. He's helping out everybody. He's an equal opportunity escapist goat. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the police wrote a Facebook post boasting about how they'd capture the uncooperative pig. The pig was not read his Miranda rights, and I will be representing him in the forthcoming <laughs> case that I intend to take all the way to the Supreme Court, <laughs> and that. Brett Kavanaugh and his fucking snout will have to look r- me right in the eyes while I say me and my pig, Mr. Client, <laughs> will not stand for this, sir. We don't recognize your legitimacy on this bench. Boom. Boom. <laughs> anyway, next. A woman. Oh, I love this story. A woman writing on an Australian blog called Women, I guess. What? W-H-I-M. Women. Women. Anyway, she wrote this like first person essay about 
uh, her wedding. Basically, she says she was in a hotel room. She was sipping some pre-wedding champagne with mm. her bridesmaids. That and she gets it. a text. And her friends are like, oh, shit, your phone's blowing up. And then um, she's... <laughs> That's what all of my friends do every time I receive a text. Especially the night before your wedding. You yeah. Know? Anyway, she goes, looks at the phone, and it's a message that says, I wouldn't marry him, would you? And then there was a series of screenshots that ba- that just documented this like X-rated affair that her fiancé was having with another woman. Another woman. The text included... This weekend, you and I, it's on hot stuff. Bring your A game. <laughs> That's how I sexed. Yep. <laughs> also, your body is fucking incredible. And shit, do you know how to use it? <laughs> I wish my GF had half the skills you do. <gasps> See, why do you have to do that? Mm. Why can't you just cheat, like, victimlessly? Right. Why do you gotta bring her down? Yeah. The messages were apparently dating from like months before to only days before the wedding. So all of her bridesmaids are like, you need to go murder him. And she's like, no. She was so mad. But she like takes the night, rests, gets up, goes through with the wedding, but walks down the aisle with her phone, gets to the front in front of everybody in front of him. And it's like the wedding will not be happening. And then she reads every text (gasps) out loud in front of him, in front of his family. Shame. Every text. And and then he like runs out with his best man. And then she was like, yep, the wedding is not happening. Sorry, he's a horrible person. But the reception will be happening and you're all invited to come and have a party to celebrate, quote... Honesty, finding true love, and following your heart. And apparently it was like a kick-ass party. That sounds great. (laughs) The only people who weren't there were like him and a couple of his friends. Good. Like his family still went. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, yep, he's a dick. (laughs) Love that. So love her. Real uplifting story. Yeah. Next, a New Jersey woman. Oh, this is a nice uplifting story. A New Jersey woman was arrested after 44 dogs were found in dead in her freezer. No. No. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's upsetting. Oh, God. I'm so glad Putty's not here to hear this. I know. I'll make sure I tell him next time I see God him. damn it. I, there was, yeah, this woman, her... She had a bunch of dead dogs stuffed in plastic bags and stored in freezers at her home. Is it because they were all once alive and her pets and she loved them and wanted to keep them around? Mm, I think she, I mean, also I should add there were 130 alive dogs. so many dogs. So like percentage wise, she was doing all right. Yeah. Most of them were alive. Fair. um, And living in deplorable conditions. And had to be taken to like, yeah, emergency rooms. Oh my God, what if I adopt all of them? Um, Then you're going to be this woman (laughs) like a year. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just throw your dog away, you know? (laughs) And finally, a Japanese man, I guess this is an uplifting story relative (laughs) to the last one. A Japanese man has married a holographic 16 year old girl. He's been in love with for years so, at a ceremony in Tokyo. How does like statutory <laughs> come into that? I think it's she's like perpetually sixteen. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, like an everlasting tuck situation. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, this man, he's a thirty-five-year-old school administrator. That's upsetting. He, he married Hatsune Miku, a virtual singer with saucer eyes and long blue pigtails at a ceremony in front of 40 guests, none of whom were his family because they refused to attend. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I've always been in love with Miku-san. I never cheated on her. I've been thinking about her every day. Honestly, I just want a man to say that about me one day. That's all I'm asking for. You got beautiful saucer eyes. He married a, a physical representation of her as a stuffed doll. Um, but she is basically uh, Hatsune Miku is a like recognizable character in Japanese pop culture. She's featured as like a singer at live concerts as an animated projection and um, is now marketed as a virtual home anime companion. Oh, 
So like you basic- can marry your Alexa. Yeah, basically it's like an elaborate Tamagotchi meets Alexa. Hot. Um, yeah, that you can like marry if you want. The company behind it like issues quote unquote air quotes, they issue like marriage certificates. Oh, so they encourage this. Yeah. Marrying your life to the brand. Also, I guess it, it like you can I don't know if it comes with this, but it, there's like a two thousand eight hundred dollar desktop device that it like lives in. Cool. It's a moving talking hologram. So I'm so an iPad on wheels. <laughs> I'm picturing like the floating face from like Power Rangers. Yes. It's that like in a tube. Mm-hmm. So it's Alexa, a Tamagotchi, and a floating face from Power Rangers. And also you can fuck it. <laughs> what else do you need? With your imagination. Woo. Also, she's a 16-year-old girl, so <laughs> you probably shouldn't. Uh, the company has issued more than 3,700 certificates for quote, cross-dimension marriages. And the newlywed said he hopes his story will help others come forward who may be too ashamed to affirm their love for a hologram. This man is the Martin Luther King of robot human relations. He broke the glass ceiling on this. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we got a deep dive about Pilgrims, petticoat, buckle hats, Thanksgiving turkey, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody! Obviously... It's a time to get together with people that you love or hate, eat a bunch of delicious food, and then commemorate the time when a bunch of white devils came together with the very natives they would one day commit genocide against. Ah, the holidays. So in in honor of this year's Thanksgiving, while you're getting ready to celebrate this lovely holiday that we all know and love, let's shit on the very people who are responsible for it. First of all, who the fuck has buckled hats? I know that there are bigger things to worry about, like the betrayal and mass murder (laughs) of the natives. But also, why does your hat need a belt? Is your head so skinny that you need a buckled strap just to keep it from falling down your bony face? You disgust me with your fastened headwear. Even though this is apparently one of the most common myths about Thanksgiving and pilgrims, and they did not have buckled hats or shoes. Who the hell put them there? I guess I have to, because some of you motherfuckers who listen to this podcast like to fact check me. (laughs) As As if I am not the sole authority on all things. Truth or fiction. Everything that comes out of this mouth is fact. All right? So if I say it is so, it is so. But no, the pilgrims did not have buckled headwear or footwear. Apparently. Um, They called them, I don't know, some fucking hat thing. (laughs) That's what it was called. Because the pilgrims lived with the Dutch before they moved. They escaped England and then they lived with Dutch people. And they were like, fuck the Dutch. We're getting out of here. And then they went to America. And then jizzed all over everything. I don't know how the buckles have anything to do with that. <laughs> I think uh, it, it turns out like much later in the like 17 or 1800s, um, people started like drawing the pilgrims with buckles, mm. which I think must have been like because of the Dutch influence. Oh, are the Dutch known for buckles on their hats? <laughs> I don't know. It seems Dutch. It does for some reason <laughs> seem Dutch. Again, this is based on nothing except my- my historical intuition, which is basis enough for this podcast. Next! Also, it's like, we get it. You had a good harvest this year, okay? You don't have to rub it in everybody's faces and throw a whole big feast just to brag about how you killed a bunch of turkeys. Turkeys are idiots, all right? You're bragging about shooting the stupidest bird there is. I could go outside and punch a turkey in the face, okay? You don't brag about shooting a bunch of turkeys. That's what Thanksgiving was. They were like, oh, I guess we had such a great year. We should celebrate. 
Some other stories of the first Thanksgiving say that the pilgrims held a feast because they were celebrating the arrival of additional colonists and supplies. So they were like, oh, more shit is coming because we're running out. Let's spend it all in like a day. Who celebrates more people? (laughs) No, that's not how celebrations work. You go home by yourself and then you celebrate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, it's like... Learn how to navigate an ocean. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> because the the Mayflower, which, by the way, is the name of a club that hosts gay orgies and not a boat, they meant to hit where New York City is, but instead they cut their trip short and landed at Cape Cod, <laughs> which is the whitest place there is. How do you fuck it up that badly? Just aim. Aim your boat where you want to go and then go there. That's how boats work. <sighs> Fucking Mayflower ass. Plus, like, weird that you're just going to celebrate surviving disease and starvation when half of your colony died on the way to the New World. That's like that's like going out on a Friday night with all of your friends and half of them die from typhoid and uh, and famine on the way to the bar. And then all of you survivors just, like, drink extra hard to their memory. No! Empty chairs and empty tables, <laughs> my friends. Okay, Enjolras, <laughs> Also, who the fuck eats out of a cornucopia? <laughs> the cornucopia is the worst basket shape. It's the least efficient basket shape of all of the basket shapes. You know what it reminds me of? A dick. That and, you know, water coolers when instead of having a cup that has an actual bottom, it's just a cone. Why do those cups exist? Anti-labor. It's what? Because you can't, you can't, um, you have to just drink it and then get back to your desk as quickly as possible because you can't set it down. I thought it was so you'd have to throw it in the trash can because you can't set it down anywhere. Either way, it's oppressive. You know what they should have at offices instead of those? Mm. Just a giant like hamster water bottle that everybody has to walk up to and <laughs> sip from the upside down spigot. Um yeah, I don't have anything else to say about a cornucopia. It's just a weird, it's a weird basket. You set it down and then you fi- it fucking falls over and all your squashes fall out. Oh. <laughs> it's like, great, all, all of my gourds and squashes are all over the floor. My squash is squashed. Bruised. Also, who the fuck eats a gourd? Do you? Are you even <laughs> supposed to eat gourds? I actually gourds? don't know. Isn't a pumpkin technically a gourd? All, like these... all gore. I pumpkins. I just assume this is my taxonomy, Ooh. which is wrong. Yep. <laughs> pumpkins are have smooth skin, mm-hmm. and squashes or slash gourds have eczema. Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Do you know you wrong. know what the squashes? Are they all the ones yeah, that have. Like, there's also like peanut pumpkins, which literally looks like it has peanuts all over it. Oh, yeah, those but it's are disgusting. technically a pumpkin. Because it reminds me of this guy who ran the, the like, knockoff blockbuster in our hometown. <laughs> <laughs> there was one that was just, like, it, it just had flashing lights that was, like, video store. And the guy who ran it had, an oh, like, a nose that had a bunch of, like, bumps on it. <laughs> <laughs> what if he listened? He's dead. Probably. But I just have a visceral memory of this man with his, like, gourd face. Anyway, moving on. You're just you're just going to learn a bunch of hunting and gathering techniques from the Wampanoag tribe and then survive the winter just so you can murder them all later down the road. That's like when the delivery man brings me my chicken salad sandwich on a whole wheat bagel and blueberry muffin and iced coffee. And then I wait two years and then tip him by giving him a blanket full of smallpox. That's not how it's done. No. That's disrespectful yes. to the, the hunter-gatherers in our society. Mm-hmm. Also, the first Thanksgiving lasted like three whole days. A three-day meal? Selfish. Selfish. No, I think we should go back to that. That sounds way more fun. Three days? It's called Get a some festival. Sleep. It's called Coachella. That's true. Anyway, fuck them for doing that. Next! Um, the pilgrims invited the Wampanoag to their feast. And then some of the some of the natives had to walk like two full days to get there. And then when they got there, the pilgrims were like, thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming. FYI, um, we don't have any rooms for you. So so like if you want to like uh, if you want like a roof to sleep under like a wall to lean against, you're going to have to build that yourself. So um, otherwise, have fun sleeping outside 
That's what they did. That's what they did. Sounds Thanks like for a nothing. Fucking destination wedding. If I if you invite me to your house for dinner, I expect at least a bed. <laughs> <laughs> at least. <laughs> Somewhere where I can lie down, pull a cover over my head, and scream. And finally, all of the women pilgrims had to wear like so much. They had to wear two petticoats. This isn't really a great one to end on. (laughs) (laughs) It just happens to be the last one on my list. But it's cold in New England. I guess. In November? They had to wear stockings held up by garters, which, like, what year is it? (laughs) What year is it? 1,200? Um, No. Let's get some socks with elastic before, so you don't have to tie your fucking socks to your shoulders so they don't (laughs) fall down and expose your shins. They had to wear stockings with garters, one petticoat, then another petticoat, a waistcoat, and I don't know the difference between that, a tight-fitting hat, like a handmaid's tail, and then shoes and an apron. And then a pocket, but the pocket was just like its own thing that they wore around like a string. So a purse. That's a purse. (laughs) It's called a pocket. An external pocket is a purse. Yeah, and it's like, okay, dumbass, sew the pocket inside your dress. Don't be a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. It would probably be really difficult to eat a lot of food while wearing all of that. Not really a lot of room to grow, you know? Yeah, that's right. Thanksgiving wasn't enjoyable until sweatpants were invented. In conclusion, fuck the pilgrims. Think about how much they fucking suck while you're stuffing your face with turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and pie and broccoli instead of green bean casserole because that does exist and that is a thing in my household. Thank you very much. Uh, And that's it. Happy Thanksgiving. Next, we got Kamiko Glenn in the studio right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Did you hear the news? I'm a freaking teacher. I made a class on Skillshare to help you learn all about writing for the internet. That's right, the internet. Ever heard of it? Well, I sure hope you have, because Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 creative and entrepreneurial classes to fuel lifelong learning. And one of those classes is all about shareable content as taught by me, a literal expert. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a little side hustle, or just learn about something new, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. Ready to make better content, grow your audience, and look at my gorgeous face? Join me on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. You can get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, Skillshare is offering Unhappy Hour listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com unhappy. Again, go to Skillshare.com unhappy to start your free two months now. That's Skillshare.com unhappy. Today's episode is also brought to you by Outdoor Voices. Outdoor Voices makes high-quality, active apparel to take you from gym life to everyday life seamlessly and fashionably. Outdoor Voices clothing is engineered for performance and designed for having fun. Their signature textured compression hugs, sculpts, and supports as you hike, jog, and walk while their tech-sweat material wicks sweat away and keeps you dry. As you know, I've started going to the gym and I need to look good while sweating profusely. Now that I've got a pair of Outdoor Voices shorts and a shirt, I can stay dry, feel super cozy, and make all the boys near those dumbbells extra jealous. Outdoor Voices encourages you to live happier, healthier, more sustainable lives through daily exercise of any form. It's just about getting out there. Even if it means taking the elevator to my apartment complex's gym two floors down, it still counts, okay? For 20% off your first order of $100 or more, visit OutdoorVoices.com unhappy and enter unhappy. That's OutdoorVoices.com unhappy and enter unhappy for 20% off your first order of $100 or more. Thank you. 
My guest complainer today is Kamiko Glenn. Kamiko is an actress, singer. She's known for her roles in Orange is the New Black, Waitress, the Broadway musical, the very funny YouTube series, Liza on Demand with Liza Koshy, and TBS's series, The Guest Book. <laughs> Kamiko, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> so we like to uh, get our complaining juices flowing by okay. asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? I think... Uh, I'd have to say scary movies. Uh-huh. Because for whatever reason, all my friends are super into that. They always want to go see a scary movie or watch a scary movie, and I just hate scary movies. I am the same way. <laughs> it's just, I can't do it. I don't like getting scared for the sake of being scared. You yeah. Know? Just like scary movies or like thrillers. Are you into thrillers? Ah. Uh, any time... Like you're watching something and it's like really still and you don't know what's happening. It's nighttime and then they're like, go, go. <laughs> and like someone passes by the shot. I'm like, oh my God, I yeah. hate that. No. Jump scares. No, I That's hate what it that. is. Yeah. I've always hated scary movies too. I was very scared of the actual music video to Thriller. It's like a terrifying <laughs> music video. <laughs> it is. It's scary. And it was when I was a kid and my mom thought it was like, oh, he like turns into a big dog. You'll like it. And it's like, no, it's Michael Jackson no. turning into like a horrifying werewolf. Yeah. So it's like terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying before he changes, basically. Yeah. You didn't like the dance either? I mean, you know, I, I don't mind a good dance. <laughs> a good choreographed dance is always But in good. the context of the music video, it's frightening. Yeah. yeah. I get it, I get it's it. just that moment when his like eyes turn to like yellow. Yellow, yeah. yeah. Haunts me. There's <laughs> also, I was just thinking about this too. You know how some people wear contacts that make their eyes look like that? <sighs> I remember very distinctly when I was a kid, we were at a buffet. <laughs> so already out of my element because, <laughs> you know, buffets, everything could go wrong. <laughs> and I was looking at this man and he had those eyes and I was too young to know that like... Their contacts. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no, something's wrong with him and I feel bad for him, but also I'm like scared. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was it was an experience uh -huh. and it was because of Michael Jackson. So yeah. <laughs> that's the connection. <laughs> uh, I get it. There's a new like uh, horror series on Netflix that everyone's talking about called it? The Haunting Hill or something like that or oh, House on the Haunting Yeah. And I'm like, it's one of those things that everyone's talking about on Twitter and I should watch it, but... Even in, like, the safety <laughs> of my own apartment, yeah. I don't, yeah. Some people find it, like, cathartic. Like, it's like, you can go get scared by, like, you know, ghosts and things, and it takes you away from from real-world That's, like, scary stuff. my least favorite emotion. <laughs> scared. You know, you like unsafe. Haunted <laughs> houses? Are you... Mm, if Yeah, I mean, I like a haunted house... But not the serious ones that are like, we'll torture you, sign this waiver, <laughs> yeah. and we can do whatever. You know, that's not okay. That, I can't get past the fact that some people will sign a waiver mm -mm. to enter a haunted house. No, if I if I know that I'm going to get out alive, I'm usually okay with it. <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess people are very litigious, so yeah. you need to cover mm -hmm. your bases. Um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. We got that out of the way. <laughs> um, so you're from Phoenix, right? Yeah. Are you like an Arizona person at heart is that like where your where your home still is well it is because i have <laughs> home there still my so parents. by definition <laughs> yes but like do you i like i feel like my entire presence is the antithesis of arizona uh -huh. like i feel like i need to come with a warning that's like do not put in arizona or <laughs> it will explode <laughs> well you know i I had actually a really nice upbringing where I didn't even know that that Arizona was kind of more conservative or any of any of that. Like I grew up with tons of gay friends. Like my my um, high school had like a lot of diversity in it, uh -huh. and I just I guess I I didn't realize or I wasn't in the right places to figure that out. Yeah, I don't know, but I had a very liberal and open <laughs> um, experience growing up. For me, it's more like it's just hot, 120 <laughs> degrees every day. <laughs> yeah, no, I really hate that. Uh, yeah. yeah, that aspect I don't, I don't like. I, I don't like feeling like I, I could lay on the cement and like actually burn alive. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> any, any climate where like the weathermen are cracking eggs on the sidewalk mm -hmm. to prove a point, mm -hmm. it's like, man, maybe humans shouldn't be living here. Yeah, no, you need oven mitts in your car. <laughs> 
I believe that. Yeah. Even in Chicago, I'm from Chicago and like, yeah, cars, the seatbelt in cars oh. is like the number one cause of my discomfort through like the entirety of summer. Because you touch that thing once and it's like you have scars. <laughs> yeah. There are there are actual scars on my body because of because of seatbelts. I'm so sorry. And I blame Arizona, even <laughs> though I had never been there until like a year ago. Yeah. So you you started off as an actress of of the theater, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you started like pretty young, right? Yeah. I don't even know what age. I I want to say like I I was probably about five, but because it was whenever I I got my first album and it. I'm pretty sure it was Celine Dion. Uh huh. Was the falling into you? My was the album. Uh huh. Um, and I was obsessed with it. And I think because I was obsessed with it and obsessed with her and obsessed with her accent <laughs> and just like imitating it so much, <laughs> my parents were like, maybe she should channel this energy elsewhere, <laughs> not yeah. not in the home, <laughs> because I was crazy. I was like literally blasting the music and and doing impressions of Celine Dion. So, um, what an idol at, for a five year old. I know, and and you can hear it right, like in my voice now. <laughs> I definitely take from her. I see it. I see it. <laughs> I you wish. are the you are the very presence of Celine Thank Dion. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love Celine. Oh, I went to see her in Vegas. Yeah. And it was an experience of a lifetime. <laughs> How long ago was this or recent? It was uh I think it was last year. So soon enough to still to still feel it in your heart. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I felt it. I love that Celine Dion has now become like uh, not a parody of herself, but <laughs> just like she is she is now a heightened version of Celine Dion. Yes. She could just like fall into the character of Celine Dion. Now. <laughs> I know. I love it. I just love watching her. There was a whole like maybe 30 to 45 minute part of the show where she just stopped the music and talked <laughs> like <laughs> about nothing either like I don't even know what it was about but we were all like laughing and laughing and then it like sort of got uncomfortable and then I guess some person whispered in her, 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 her ear piece. Peer, piece someone was like just say <laughs> personally I would love to just watch a Celine Dion like stand up set you know just a 30 minute freestyle it was Celine bizarre. Dion spoken word <laughs> I do. Uh, there's that scene in, uh, you know, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days mm-hmm. where she she takes him to a Celine Dion concert uh, in an attempt to, like, get rid of him. Oh. And, like, that is, like, because that is the embodiment of, like, how to get rid of a straight dude is, like, yeah. take him to a Celine Dion concert, <laughs> which is outrageous because yeah. she bestows joy on everybody. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I don't understand that at all. I brought my boyfriend. <laughs> I actually did. He enjoyed it. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I think uh, that her song for the Deadpool soundtrack is like one of my top 10 songs right go? now. Um, Sing do, it. Sing you it don't know it? No, I don't know it. You Ashes. Me back Ashes. Okay. Oh. Okay. Sing it. Yeah. What's left to say? These prayers and working. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just listen to it after. I, I promise it. it's worth it. And um, the music video is also amazing because it's like sure. Deadpool dancing like ballerina style while Celine Dion just does a ballad. Oh, yeah, I'm watching that. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we already got onto the topic of Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to. <laughs> Uh, um, always so it, bring it back to Celine. It was the embodiment of Celine that you were like, I need to, I need to channel this energy yes. into a creative outlet yeah. where I can become this. So a five-year-old teeny tiny Asian girl <laughs> <laughs> just embodying Celine going up. Oh, you know, my first audition, um, I auditioned for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I auditioned with a Sunset Boulevard song that was sung by um, Glenn Close uh-huh. um, with one look. It's so dramatic. It's so epic. <laughs> and I I sang that for my dopey audition. <laughs> and and I think like um maybe uh, 30 seconds into it he stopped the karaoke machine and he was like, "Wow, 
you have a really loud voice and just like started cracking up. And I was like, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I got it. Nice. <laughs> Must have been charming. I don't you, know. I, I'm sure you were the best dopey, the most like diva dopey uh, that they'd ever seen. Yeah. I love I love that it was for dopey. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know it was for dopey at the time. I just was hoping. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been like acting ever since then. Ever it was since like, dopey. That is insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like a thing where I think people, some people have a moment where they're like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. And it yeah. was just kind of like, I just couldn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> it was like an illness, like a sickness almost, like an addiction. Right, right. Yeah, once you get the fix, you like need to, you yeah. need to feel it again. I, I love the attention, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Do you prefer like stage acting compared to like on-screen stuff? Is it just different? It's so different. I didn't do film or TV at all um, until basically Orange. I mean, I auditioned for it a ton, but I never really did anything. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think the challenge of trying to figure out how subtle you can be or how how big you can be or just all the different genres. And I also just love it as a medium in general. I think you could do so much with it. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. So I want to ask about the guest book. Do you want to explain it for people who haven't seen any of it? The guest book is a show I'm on. Mm -hmm. And this year it's set on the beach. Mm -hmm. And I play Nikki, who uh, runs the place with her husband, Tommy. And um, so every episode, a guest comes in. And the idea is that they write in this guest book that's at this um, retreat. Right. So we run Bare Feet Retreat, which is the place that everyone's staying. Um, give them the keys, and they write in the guest book about their experience. And so every episode is a new experience with a new um, exciting guest. Right. So that's basically it. And the first season, um, it's kind of one of those things where you you can totally and you probably should watch the first season, but the second season could stand alone because yeah. there there are things that reference the first season, but it kind of is an anthology series. Right, right. Is it like you have to watch the episodes in order, or is each episode its own encapsulated story? Well, if you want to like watch my arc unfold, <laughs> then you <laughs> should probably true. watch it in order. Right, right. But um, but yeah, you can you can totally watch it if you're just you know, flipping through the channels. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should. Everybody, yeah. you have to watch the whole thing. You have to watch the entire Every second that you're in it. So I want to ask about your Orange is the New Black character mm -hmm. and how how much do you identify with Brooke was her name, right? Yeah. Who's like very like passive resistance, a little hippie-ish, mm -hmm. like, you know, all of the that kind of stereotype. Um, how much did you, was that you? I feel like at the time, I was closer to the character uh -huh. than I am now. Now you're like, They're... just fucking pro-war. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I like used to use a lot of natural products. Right, right. You know, shit like that. Uh-huh. Um, and like tried meditating and stuff. And sure, sure. I, I, I want to still do like I think I've just kind <laughs> yeah. of accepted the fact that I'm I'm not that way but like I want I th I know it would be helpful yeah you know if I was like really earthy and shit but, yeah um yeah I I don't know I actually said this to my boyfriend I'm like I, I really am glad that I didn't play Brooke in 2018 because <laughs> that would have been a whole different yeah. thing. I would have, I was hated at the time, but I think I would have been like hated. People would have been like, oh my God, this character and the things I would have had to say. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I think also like the thing about being in a Netflix show is that like people spend, shows come out a year apart for the like, you know, a show like Orange is the New Black, mm -hmm. it comes out, you know, once a year, but like people will binge it in like two days. Yeah. And so you're like spending a lot of time with these characters at once. Uh -huh. So it's like it's it's a lot easier to develop very strong opinions very mm -hmm. quickly in that moment. So I can I can understand the concern mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um 
I also want to ask about Liza On Demand, right? Uh, so for those who don't know, Liza Koshy is one of the biggest YouTubers in the world. She's like the Beyonce of YouTube. She is the Beyonce of YouTube, yeah. <laughs> um, and she um, so had a show on YouTube Red called Liza On Demand, where she kind of plays like a kind of task rabbit person <laughs> who does different characters in each episode and you are her roommate right yeah i'm her yeah. roommate a lot of people who watch stuff maybe not on youtube mm-hmm. might not think oh i'm gonna watch a youtube show it is genuinely it's like a tv a great show, show. Yeah. yeah but what was the experience like of making a show on on youtube and then like the reaction to it well i i didn't see any difference while i was going through it right the process of making it wasn't different because it is it's a tv show i mean it's like the production of a tv show yeah so it it was very similar and then the after the i don't know just learning about the youtube culture and the youtube world and and going to these vid cons and stuff like that oh yeah i feel like i'm so old (laughs) i don't know what anything is everyone's like knows all the lingo or something everyone like there are all these people that i had no idea about that have millions of followers and now i like watch their youtube videos <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean it's so strange it's really cool though yeah yeah i mean there's just so many like pockets on youtube that you could have no idea anything about them and then you like stumble into it and realize there's this like whole world some yeah. of it's horrible and bad and you don't want to go down that rabbit hole yeah but there's a lot of really great stuff yeah yeah but i imagine also the fans can be very rabid in a way that maybe television fans aren't yeah it's way different i'm i've noticed i mean first of all they're younger yeah second of all um she's putting so much of her personality out there yeah and her personality is so charming so it's like you're my best friend. You should know that, right? Right. Like, we we spend so much time together, and that's like how you feel as a fan. Yeah. You know. So I'm sure people feel a little bit of ownership, and the fact that like her subscribers literally made quote unquote made her in a way. Yeah. You know, like it. It's just a different phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. What does your like entertainment diet look like? What do you watch? Ooh, don't ask me that. I watch. <laughs> I watch like. Pro- I'm I'm a terrible actor in the sense that I watch a lot of reality TV. Yeah. I love I love competition shows. I also um love shows where where people are just like hitting rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so sure. awful. Um <laughs> like what? Like um hoarders or intervention. Right, right. You know, those shows and like I for whatever reason I could rewatch and I think I've watched every single episode of Intervention. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> I I feel like I have started gravitating more towards like reality shows. It's just like, I don't know, you need that just you don't have to really pay attention. Yeah. Although I've been watching, do you know Love Island? It's the yes. British show. Oh my God, sorry. I said that so loudly into the mic. But yes, I love uh, it. I just started watching it. And that's what, what season are you, you on? You have to pay attention. I, I started watching the first one on Hulu. I love it, Hannah. She's the greatest. Yeah, yeah. But that, like, you have to pay attention yeah. because I don't understand a word Anything they're saying. Anything that they're saying. Yeah, you have to watch it with the subtitles. Yeah, so I have to be able to read the subtitles while I'm watching it because mm-hmm. I don't understand anything. Yeah. But it's so ridiculous. I feel like it's going to, like, change my vocabulary now because oh, yeah. all of their, like, slang is so... That... I have a shirt that says muggy. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I've, I've had to, like, urban dictionary certain terms. Yeah. My favorite um, is saying bevy for beverage do you oh. want a bevy oh my <laughs> god go i've never some heard bevies? that <laughs> it was very it bevy. only happened once and yeah. i was like i love that i'm gonna use it <laughs> <laughs> you should i actually think there's gonna be a love island in the u.s there is there is i thought i heard that i'm excited about it yeah we can understand it now and enjoy it <laughs> right hopefully <laughs> although I, i'm trying to like translate it in my head is it like Jersey Shore type people? Is it more like Bachelorette type people? Like, I don't know. And I I just like that they've dropped all pretense that it's about anything other than just like playing with these lab rats. Feels like a social experiment. Yeah. We could talk about this forever. That's this would be the entire episode. Um, all right. We're gonna play a bit of a game. It's called Explain That Quote. (laughs) It's based on a section on IMDB the internet movie database Uh called personal quotes 
I think it's a ridiculous section for any person I on didn't IMDb. I know that now. existed. Oh my god, are there quotes of mine? Yes. No. What did I say? And I just like I, I just love that you know these oh. quotes have the you know when you have a section called personal quotes, it denotes like certain importance. Yeah. Um. Oh so god. I just want you to explain some of them. The first one. I'm a carby person. I love pastries and whatnot. Uh, that's on my IMDb? What the hell? That's so <laughs> random. But it is true. I love bread. I like the work that the whatnot is doing in that sentence. Uh, and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. It's just covering all of the all other carbs. carbs. Right. Literally, it, there's no, I don't discriminate. It, right. It just is all carbs. Like, I love the way it feels in my belly. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's every part of the carb experience mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. It can even be a good carb, like a rice or whatever, but like mainly Cheez-Its. All right. Next one. The theme song of Doug was my ringtone once for literally a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Another personal quote. All true things. I don't know where that came from. I am. Or who I told I'm that guessing to. these might be like tweets. Maybe that they 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 translated as personal quotes. Well, the reason why I said that is because I'm now really good friends with Yoga Jones, Connie yeah, Shulman, right? And she voiced Patty Mayonnaise on the cartoon Doug. She did, yeah. And I was such a big fan of Doug, and that I had a, a ringtone. The ringtone was the um, the title song. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last one was going to be. Um, I was kind of an obnoxious kid. This is a personal quote. I was kind of an obnoxious kid. I would imitate Celine Dion. I would jump around and belt to the rafters and do the accent and everything. So I think that's no explanation needed. Yeah. Yeah. We got that one. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's great that you're just on message. Yeah. You know, the things that you've been quoted as saying is consistent with your your current beliefs. I'm not a very bad liar. (laughs) I will say that I think there were 10 quotes total and um, There were 10 quotes? Half of them were (laughs) Half of them were like I'm a carby person I love pastries and the other half were like serious quotes about like Asian American representation in television. Oh God. (laughs) Thank God there was something else. So um, you are you are prolific. You're (laughs) you're you cover a wide variety of topics. Um, Okay. Before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? Um, I'm on Instagram at O oh, little Asian one. Mm-hmm. You spell out O O H little Asian one O N E. I don't know where else you can find me. So Instagram and then the guest book is on TBS. Oh yes, that's also where you can find me. The guest book, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, airs every Tuesday night on TBS at ten thirty. Yes, you have to watch every episode. You don't have skip to. one. Yeah, if you skip one, you'll be sorely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down. And we decided, since basically Barry and I every week have been saying television shows as our chasers, <laughs> literally every single week, uh, we decided every week for our chasers, we're going to say what we're watching and we have to say something else that's making all the bad shit go down. We're forcing a test upon ourselves. Barry, are you ready for the test? I'm ready. What's your television show of the week? So, my television show of the week, as you know, because I have been texting you between the hours of 6.45 p.m. to midnight every single night this week. (laughs) Mostly when I'm asleep. Shit's Creek. You have been on it for a long time. Shit's Creek was like my first ever chase. I know. It's just, it's taken me a long time. I've had a lot of shows on my list and that's been on it for a while, but I finally got to it and oh, it's. It's just the fucking best. It's literally the best show on television. It's incredible. The first okay, I did. I watched the first episode a while ago, and I wasn't thrilled. But then I watched the second episode, and it's like once they get to the town, oh my god, it's just it's incredible. It's so funny. It, I just it's so good. I've I've actually seen every episode at least ten times. <laughs> not an exaggeration. <laughs> I watched every. I binge watched Shit's Creek ten times at least. Yeah. It's uh, it's what I'm watching, and I'm really happy I'm watching it. I also started Poldark. We can talk about that next week. <laughs> okay. What about you? What are you watching this week? 
my TV show this week, well, I mean, I've talked about this before, but uh, The Great British Bake Off mm-hmm. has new seasons on Netflix. It, well, if you live in the United States. They put out, I don't it's a weird thing. They put out like one of the earlier seasons that hadn't been on Netflix yet. So there's that full season. Got it. Um, which is good uh, because there's a bunch of cute gays <laughs> that I ogle well, they put put those buns in the oven, am I right? <laughs> um, and then there's also a new season that they put out. It's so good. So that's my show this week. Do you have a regular chaser? I do. Um, I recently made a playlist for the first time in a while, uh, and it's called Depressed and Dancing. And it's specifically <laughs> for when you're feeling sad and maybe you're crying a little bit, but you also like want to feel better, but also kind of want to stew in it. It's a perfect playlist for that. Maybe I'll tweet it from the Unhappy Hour Pod sure. account. You know, uh, it's it's mostly inspired by Robin's new album, which is basically made for sad girls to dance to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. It makes me happy. And maybe it'll uh, help you shake off your sadness or sink into it. Who knows? What about you, Matt? What's making you happy? <laughs> I like to drown my sadness in food. Uh, <laughs> this, I guess it's on theme. Maybe it's because I've been watching so much Bake Off, but my chaser is banana bread because fuck anybody who says banana bread is gross. I, I had banana bread with raisins in it this morning and I was extremely disappointed that there were raisins in it. Why would you mess up a good thing? Anyway, continue on. I like banana bread a lot. Yeah, raisins don't improve anything. No, nothing. Ever. But this is about what I like. Yes. Um, yeah, banana bread is my favorite bread. Mm-hmm. And also pudding. Mm-hmm. I like banana pudding. Yeah. I almost went to Magnolia Bakery, but there's always a long line outside of it. True. My true quest in life, uh, specifically in New York City, is uh, to find the best chicken salad sandwich and the best banana bread. Mm-hmm. Maybe that can be my sandwich. Chicken salad on banana bread. Interesting. You know, I'm not disgusted. I am intrigued. That's right. When you go to a deli in New York one day, they'll, you'll say, can I have the Matt Belisai? They'll just spit in your face. Because <laughs> <laughs> they refuse. They refuse to put chicken salad on a banana bread. Oh, anyway. You know, you know what else was my chaser for the week? Seeing people's reactions to the Joe Firestone interview. <laughs> Absolutely loved. Loved it. People were like, what is happening? Great question. Can't answer it. I love her so much. That's my favorite interview of all time. I love it. I, there were a couple of people who messaged me and were like, I feel so bad. You seemed uncomfortable. I was like, no. It was really fun. I mean, yes. Yes, but you were. <laughs> it was fun. All it right. Was great. Let me have fun. for this week. Thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Claire Ty, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, and Eleanor Kagan. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me on all the social medias at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Do you know that I can do a really good turkey sound? Um, have I, I done this for you before? I have a feeling I'm about to hear it. Oh, I think we I did this uh, when we were very drunk outside of Alligator Lounge. Ready? <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> Not the same. Not the same. Mine's better. Thanks again to Skillshare for sponsoring today's show. Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 creative and entrepreneurial classes to fuel lifelong learning. I've got my very own class on creating shareable content on Skillshare. Want to check it out? As a special offer, my listeners can get two months of Skillshare for free. Just go to Skillshare.com unhappy to sign up.